Guardian Unlimited. Welcome to the Summer in the City podcasts, brought to you in association with Nivea Sunlight Feeling Lotion. Visit nivea.co.uk slash lightfeeling for more information. I'm Chris Alden and this is Summer in the City from Guardian Unlimited. Most people's memory of Dubrovnik is of a city under siege. Sixteen years ago, this old walled town on the Mediterranean was pounded by Serbian shells and the world watched in horror as civilians died, monuments were damaged and buildings were gutted by fire. But if you remember those images of bombed-out Dubrovnik, you'll be amazed when you arrive in the city today. These days, you can walk the old city walls, drink coffee in bars by the sea, look out over red rooftops and escape to fertile islands that like the Greek islands were 20 or 30 years ago. But to really understand Dubrovnik, take time to get to know a history much longer than the last Balkan Wars. This was once a rich and vulnerable republic, Ragusa, which used its wealth to build its defences and pay off empires. Liberty cannot be sold for all the gold in the world is the inscription on a fortress outside the city. These days, at the start of Dubrovnik's summer festival, you watch the flag of Libertas being raised in the main Luzia Square. For the people of Dubrovnik, that liberty is as priceless now as it ever was. Well, I've just arrived at Dubrovnik Airport, and I was expecting it to be small, but I'm surprised just how small it is. I mean, the runway is a thin strip of land between the mountains and the sea, and as you walk off the plane, you go straight across the airfield into the tiny terminal building. Now, flying in, try to get a seat on the left, because you can see the islands of Croatia below you, and then when you first see the old town of Dubrovnik jutting out into the sea, it just looks like a little red dot compared to the mountains behind it. Now, the airport may be small, but it's really modern, and if there isn't a bus waiting for your plane, you'll probably find the taxi drivers playing cards at the outdoor cafe by the left of the terminal building, and that's just where I'm having an espresso before I shoot off. Right, I'm just um, stepping through the uh, stone pillar gate, the archway on the western end of the city walls, sidestepping the crowds and I'm in the heart of old Dubrovnik and this is the Platza. And now this was once a sea channel between an island on the right of us and the mainland on the left but for centuries it's been a marble paved walkway that runs from west to east through the city lined with two or three storey mansions with a green uh, Venetian style uh, shutters. And there are many of the city's main landmarks along here you really can't get lost. Like the 16th century Church of St Saviour here on the left and the big Onofrio fountain you can hear beside me. At the far end is the Luzia Square, with its bell tower. Behind that, the old harbour of Dubrovnik. They're like everywhere in the old town. The street is completely free of cars. The marble paving makes it seem well like an Italian town, but without the youngsters on their motorbikes. But of course, the first thing you do when you come to Dubrovnik is you want to walk around the fortified walls. So turn round, the walls high above us, people walking along at the top there. Let's go and do that now. Well, I've climbed up the uh, steep old steps and here I am at the city walls, looking out to sea. 
um, some sails in the distance. There's the island of Lochrum, the Green Island. Now these are the famous old fortifications, two kilometres round um, in total that along with some canny diplomacy, kept Dubrovnik free from attack by Venetians, Austro-Hungarians, Turks, pretty much um, all the great powers from the uh, 15th century until the loss of the city to Napoleon in, um, from 1806. I'm with uh, Branka up on the city walls in Dubrovnik. She's a freelance guide working today for a company called Dubrovnik Walks. This is a great way coming up on the walls to see all the sites of the city. Yeah, this is the best thing you can do in Dubrovnik, to go up on the city walls, because then you see everything from above. You can see all the monu- monuments. It's, sometimes it's much better than when you go around the city when you're in the little streets, because you get it all up here. So there's loads of churches. I can see all the bell towers, the monasteries. I always get confused. There's a, a Dominican one, a Franciscan one. Yeah, uh, here we are in front of the Dominican monastery, but Franciscan is on the other side. There are many, many churches in, in, in Dubrovnik. Some are bigger, such as these monasteries, but a lot of small churches or even chapels that belong to some noble families. Obviously, one of the biggest things we can see is the cathedral. Yeah, our cathedral is called the Cathedral of Assumption of Lady Mary. It has a a shape of a Latin cross, if you look at it from above, and a beautiful cupola, if you look uh, from here. It's built in a Baroque style. Like a mini St. Paul's Cathedral, almost. (laughs) Yes, like like many of the churches in Dubrovnik, because we had a great earthquake in 1667. Uh, Everything was destroyed, and this is when they built this cathedral as well. Of course, the best time to come to the Plaza is the early evening when people put on their best clothes and just walk up and down the street with no great purpose. There's children playing, people sitting around having coffee. But as the people come out, so does the bird life. There are literally hundreds of swallows swooping around um, above the rooftops and above people's heads. One's just gone past my nose. It's an extraordinary sight. They're going up around the bell tower and making a hell of a racket. One of the great cultural traditions of Dubrovnik is concerts by candlelight. And um, I'm here in St. Saviour's Church, just inside the city walls, a beautiful, intimate little church. The candles are lit, and there's going to be a concert tonight. And I'm with Slobodan, he's the violinist here. Um, Slobodan, how does this uh, tradition arise? Yes, I'm violinist of this evening, and uh, we, are here, uh, we are playing here. Uh, last 20 years, more than 20 years. We are organized this concert in, in the middle of 80s. And uh, this church is, here is very good acoustic. That, that is one very good, very good reason to play here. I can say very, it is important reason. Because we are need this acoustic for our playing. It makes easier playing. And uh, I, I can also say that this tradition of this candle concert is something which is in a touch with the program which we are playing here, from Baroque time to this year's program, a few modern pieces uh, from Bach. This evening from Bach we will, will start. From, from oh, Bach. fantastic.
There's quite a surprising choice of places to stay in Dubrovnik, I'm considering it's such a small town. I mean, the classic art market hotel is the Putsic Palace, um, a five-star place in the heart of the old town. Lots of the other hotels are out on the Lapad Peninsula, west of town. That's where you'll find the Dubrovnik Palace, with its island views and its terrace bar and its spa. But if you want to be nearer the old town, a good value choice is to stay in a private apartment like this one. Now, this is Apartment Meri, um, M-E-R-I. Um, it's a restored house um, where you get nice touches, like um, this bottle of rakia, um, which is the uh, local fire water. It's, it's a lime green bottle with some unidentifiable herbs in it. I'm just, uh, just taking a glass. Um, it smells... I don't know what it smells like. It doesn't smell very nice. Um, let's, um, let's taste it. Oh, it tastes... Oh, my God, it's like cough mixture. Well, it's burning a hole in my throat. <laughs> there seems to be uh, music um, around um, every street corner in Dubrovnik. Um, here I am on um, um, Luja Square um, in, by the um, colonnades and there's um, a group of, um, well you'd call them buskers but they're a much more professional looking outfit than that. Um, um, there's a guy with a double bass, two guys with um, sort of a lyre type instrument and uh, a couple of guitarists and um, there's a really big crowd around them, um, people just enjoying the music in the sunshine. This is the famous um, Café uh, Troubadour. Um, it's um, a live jazz bar. Um, it's uh, quite nice here, quite a good vibe. Um, people um, sitting in shirt sleeves, um, drinking their beer at um, tables around the back of the cathedral. We've got the bell tower just around the corner from us. Um, it's a slightly older crowd here, but it's quite nice. I think you struggle to find somewhere in Dubrovnik that plays the Kings of Leon, but um, I'm willing to be corrected. No, I like it. It's nice. If you're looking for a slightly more riotous night out, um, there's a bar called Ludwig on uh, one of the um, alleys off the plaza. And I've just watched the, the barmaid here um, pour um, some spirits over the bar um, all around the corner and then set fire to it, which was quite cool. And um, lots of people stood back and the bar was on fire. And that was really funny. For a bit of a mini escape, um, go to the harbour and you can get a boat to the island of Lochram. It only takes 10 minutes, but it's a world away. Um, you arrive in a little cove and you can just wander around the island, which is completely forested, among the birds and the butterflies. You can come out on a rocky uh, cove and uh, go for a swim. There's an old monastery here. There's a botanical garden, if you're into that sort of thing. Or you could just sit back and watch the old town of Dubrovnik from the perfect vantage point. People in Dubrovnik are more open than you might expect about their experiences of living through the 1991 siege. Igor, a freelance tour guide who runs the Story About the War tour for Dubrovnik Walking Tours, was a teenager growing up in the city at the time of the bombardment. 
I remember myself, I was a teenager at the time, 13 or 14. I used to be so mad, even mad about my newly discovered Croatian identity. I used to draw Croatian coat of arms everywhere, Croatian flags. I used to sing Croatian songs. Right now, I realized I was like many other people. I was uh, sort of uh, brainwashed. And, and of course, um, one of the things that you that you do now on the tour is is that you take people round places where sort of mortars fell. And you were telling the story of one one artist in particular. Yeah, the artist was filmed, or was um, his picture was taken uh, while his house behind him uh, himself on the street was in flames. And the strange thing about this artist is that he has a big smile on his face. A smile which is slightly uh, a sort of a paradox. You generally don't smile when mortar shells fall around you. But with his fist he shows a special gesture. Sign a local, the Balkan sign of defiance. And with his smile, he's trying to prove, you're not going to break my spirit. You're not going to take me. You're not going to uh, expel me from where I live. And how do you think the people of Dubrovnik generally look back at it now? And how do you think your tour is seen generally? It's very open. It, it allows lots of narratives and lots of different stories to be told. I've, I've had some locals uh, who are present uh, on one of my tours. I do similar lectures on similar topic. They all agree, in a way. That's it. That's what happened. Sometimes when I have more nationalist um, observers or uh, a more nationalist, nationalistic audience, I have comments that I'm not being strict enough or uh, I'm being too mild on the Serbs. I'm not sort of uh, accusing them enough to uh, a scale which would be appropriate. But of course, one thing about the tour is that, it's, it was, is that you do use a lot of humour and it's, it's almost important to do that. So I grew up watching TV, as I said previously, and uh, my favourites were um, British comedy series like, uh, like Allo Allo, like Fort no, Faulty Towers, like Only Fools and Horses, and especially, yes, Prime Minister. So, uh, Americans, I must admit, don't always understand what I say, what I speak, but I'm delighted when I have British or English people along, they uh, follow my humor very easily. <laughs> In an alley just off the plaza is War Photo Limited, a gallery of war photography which aims to bring the work of photojournalists working all over the world directly to the public. I've come to talk to Wade, the gallery's director. Wade, why have you particularly started um, War Photo in, in Dubrovnik? The concept to bring it here was, was quite interesting. Um, you know, Dubrovnik is a, a fortress city that has defended itself... For, for hundreds of years from, from other attacks, from dynasties from far ago to the recent war during the fall of Yugoslavia. So uh, it seemed very appropriate place to, to have a gallery about war in a, in a fortress city. And you know, Dubrovnik is a place that is visited by thousands of tourists every year. So it, it's, we are able to get you know, our message across to a very vast amount of people from different places of the world. So Wade, we're here at Café Bartelier. 
This is one of the places I think that was recommended by um, some of the readers on the, on, on the Guardian site. Um, I've been there.co.uk. Yeah, um, I'm here every morning. This is like the best place to have cappuccino because they make the best cappuccino in town. But this bar is quite interesting. It's, uh, it's very popular among the cultural and art scene and the uh, artists of Dubrovnik. The guy's very interesting because he, this is one of the few coffee bars that stayed open during the entire war. And if you look inside the bar, you'll see uh, you know, a huge selection of photographs that he has on the wall. And some of them have pictures of soldiers sitting in there during, during the time when Dubrovnik was getting shelled. And the guy was just coming around he, uh, taking snaps of us. Yeah, that's the owner, uh, Frano. He's, uh, he's continually updating his collection. Now picture this. You're wandering through the alleys in the old city of Dubrovnik and you find a hole in the wall. You go through it, step over a cat, and you're at a bar by the sea. Now this is the Bouja bar on the rocks outside the city walls. Um, so I've just run into Ivania at the Bouja bar um, and you reckon this is one of the best places in town? It is absolutely. It is probably one of the most magical places uh, to take the sun and have a beer right outside the wall. So have you been for a swim? Yes, I have. The ocean is quite cold today, but it has been warm in the prior days, and it's absolutely clean. Have you got um, any other recommendations for things to do in Dubrovnik? Uh, yes, at night there is a nightclub called Karakena, which is a, a young crowd, but it's right by the beach. It's quite animated. And also the Latin Fuego goes till, till late at night uh, into the early hours. So where are you from? I'm from Costa Rica. And you've come all the way from Costa Rica to Dubrovnik. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's one of the most magical cities in, uh, in, in the entire Mediterranean. One of the great attractions of Dubrovnik is it's so easy to escape from the city to one of the islands that stretch just off the Dalmatian coast. And there are loads of excursions advertised at the old harbour, but a better plan is to get a bus to the western harbour at Gruge, where ferries leave for islands of outstanding beauty, like Lophud with its sandy beaches, Shipan, which was once a retreat of the Dubrovnik aristocracy, and further on from those, the island I'm on now, Maliet, with its national park. Now, the thing about Maliet is that there are two beautiful lakes here. They're called Malo Yezero and uh, Veliko Yezero. And you can hire bikes, um, you can cycle around the lakes, you can go walking in the forest trails, um, or you can just sit back at the water's edge, as I am now, and relax. And apparently that's exactly what Odysseus did too. He stayed here for seven years on his way to Ithaca. I can't understand why he ever would have left. I'm sitting on the rocks here, looking out at a little islet with a 12th century Benedictine monastery on it. There's a little boat that goes up and down, taking people to the island and to the fish restaurant that's there. Unfortunately, you can't take your bike on the boat, so I've had to um, cycle all the way around, and I've come to the, the water's edge, and I'm going to do what any Victorian male would do in my position. I'm going to swim across in my pants. That was amazing. Really, really amazing. Wasn't exactly swimming the Hellespont. It's only a couple of hundred metres across, if that. But um, what a feeling of freedom. Do come. It's lovely. 
Well, I'm sitting on a rock at the end of the breakwater of old Dubrovnik Harbour, looking back at the city, and it's time to say goodbye to Dubrovnik. But I'll really miss the place. It's left a mark on me. And that's because of the friendliness and the thoughtfulness of the people, and the way they take pride in this city. And no wonder when you can live within these great walls and walk along this harbour from which old Ragusa traded and grew. These days, the industry is tourism, but despite recent troubles, Dubrovnik, or should I say Ragusa, is open for business. You've been listening to the Summer in the City podcast, brought to you in association with Nivea Sunlight Feeling Lotion. Visit nivea.co.uk slash lightfeeling for more information. Unlimited.